your girl Michelle with Girls Talk Real Talk because when the girls talk, just about anything can happen. So guess what? I know I was on last night, but that was a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. If you didn't get it, go back and watch it. When I tell you it was fire, it was fire. But tonight we're here to talk about our topic and I've got my resident experts in the room with me. So I'm going to give them an opportunity to be able to introduce themselves. And so I've got a new face in the place. I think this is her first time of doing a group um, show with me. So, Otisha, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much, Michelle, for having me. I'm excited to enjoy to uh, join you and Tracy for this conversation this evening. Uh, as you mentioned, my name is Otisia Johnson. I am a publisher, a success coach. I help scribes and entrepreneurs solidify their message and begin sharing that message with the masses. Beyond that, I am just a Jesus girl. I love God, all things God, and I love empowering his people to live their very best lives. Amen. So, I mean, y'all know my friend here. I, I don't think that there's too much that we haven't necessarily done together, but here is Tracy. Tracy, <laughs> why don't you introduce yourself to the people? Y'all probably are so tired of me. She always <laughs> pulling me on in here. Now, I am, for those who don't know, I am Tracy Palmer. I am a transformational life and business coach. I am an author. I'm a speaker. I'm a podcaster. And I am also a talk show host. Yes, I did say that, a talk show host. I am so excited at what uh, the opportunities and the doors that God is opening. And so we'll get into that at another time. But yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thank you, as usual, Big Sis, for joining, uh, having me on to um, talk about another hot one yes it's going to be a hot one so i have to make sure that i have my disclaimer in at the beginning of the show and so here it is the topic that we're going to be talking about today does not mean that it is happening in your house that is happening in your neck of the woods or that it's even happening to you mm -hmm. what it is is we are addressing an issue that we know is present within the organism, not necessarily the organization. So don't get upset. Don't try to call me out because guess what? It's not even that. Get your pen, get you a piece of paper and let's start talking. So tonight's topic is church hurt, the spirit of offense. And so, one of the things that was when God kind of downloaded this particular topic into my spirit, one of the things that came across my mind was this. The only reason that it is called church hurt is because of the location and the people that are involved in the offense. Because if it was happening outside the church, we would just say, you offended me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I want to make sure that everybody's on the same playing field. I'm not talking about your church, my church, your mama's church, your daddy's church, the church you grew up in, or the church you plan on dying when you leave here. I ain't talking about none of that. I'm talking about the church organism mm -hmm. and what is going on within the organism and how the enemy 
has constructed a plan to have the church, the organism, to implode upon itself. Okay? So that's how we're going to start this off. So I was I was excited. I'm in, in the midst of this because I'm a research girl, so I check all my stuff. So in the midst of this, I came across this quote that I think is just so very, very on point. And it says, offense is like an automatic weapon. Once you pull the trigger, it keeps firing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that again. Offense is like an automatic weapon. Once you pull the trigger, it keeps firing. So I guess you might be saying, well, why are you saying that? Why are you bringing it up like that? Because there's a there's a saying within the world that says hurt people hurt people. Uh-huh. And so it's very easy for me to be offended and then interact with Tracy. And Tracy says something that brings back that emotional experience that I had with that thing. And now I'm in my feelings and I'm acting some kind of way. And now I spew all of that to Tracy. Mm -hmm. And if Tracy doesn't know what to do with it, then she carries it. And then the first person that triggers her emotionally she in turn does the very same thing Mm -hmm. okay so the question is what is church hurt church hurt is a product of the spirit of offense Mm -hmm. we have to call these things that are what they are we have to expose them for what they are so i was on facebook you know sometimes i'm trolling to see what people are talking about what people are doing um and so i was on facebook one day and they had this pastor on here and he was i mean he really blew it up and he was like i'm about to tell y'all who is the greatest threat to the church organism i'm gonna tell you and 15 minutes later he still hadn't said it (laughs) and You know what? I even went off and came back on, went off, came back on, went off, came back on. And so I came in at just the right point when he was talking about the spirit of offense and the spirit of manipulation. Mm. Those are the two biggest threats to the body of Christ. So I'm going to step back and I'm going to throw it out there to Tracy and Oticia and and where where do you see this playing out because I really want to talk about what it is because until we recognize and expose it for what it is then we can't really begin to deal with it oh um now are you wanting to answer the question of the spirit of offense or the word church hurt which way what are we tearing apart whatever whatever um what would i say about this you kind of you know hit the nail on the head when it comes to exposing exactly what it is because i'm that first one to say when I hear certain terms, just like when we go back to saying soul ties, I'm like cringe, eh, eh, you know, because of the way it's presented and the way that people have made it seem like they're, 
Something is just overtaking me. Something is just, I have no control. And when I hear church hurt, the same reaction happens. It's like, why are we saying, why are we saying church hurt? Why are we putting so much emphasis on church and the word hurt? When, like you said, simply, I happen to be in an environment that we call the church and people, a person has hurt me in a way that I wasn't expecting. We put these expectations in certain places. It's funny that I can go on a job and the same person can say the same thing and I let it roll. Let me come in the church and now that same person says the same thing. I'm toe up and now I didn't pack my bags and I'm ready to move on or give up on church altogether or God, God, you hurt my feelings. I was like, what just happened here? The same person, the same situation, but a different location. It's because we have expectations that are, to me, unrealistic because we're all, yes, we are. I think you always say we are uh, spiritual beings having a human experience or did I say it right? So our first and foremost as believers, you know, we are spirit, you know, but flesh show ain't went nowhere. <laughs> flesh show is there. And that's why the renewal of the mind has to happen. That's why it just because I'm saved don't mean my mind's renewed. Just because I gave my life to Christ, that doesn't mean I'm I'm ready to just walk things out immediately. I have to go through a process. So in my process, I'm either going to be offended or be an offender. And so we have to understand that through the process, we're all, first of all, we got the same thing in common. We're all believers. Let's start there. If we can start there, we'll be okay. If we can actually stay at a, you know, get your common ground, we'll be fine. Stop putting so much. Now, now I will say this real quick and then I'll back up because you know me, I'll keep going. I will say leadership should be held to a, higher standard, but they're not better, if that makes sense. It's like, you're you're still human like me. You're still going to mess up like me. Now, we like we expect our boss to do something, you know, not to act a certain way, or we expect the president not to act a certain way, or we expect <laughs> different people in authority not to act a certain way just because they're in authority. But I still look at them like you still put your pants on like I do one leg at a time. You you're not no super God or nothing. So therefore, you will and can make mistakes. So I'll stop there because then I'll just keep going. And, you know, I'll just I'll step in and I'll add this. I think a lot of times what ends up happening when it comes to uh, the spirit of offense what ends up happening is because we all are human, we all have our quote unquote trigger points. When we do not allow God to heal those areas that we have been wounded in, the enemy then uses the spirit of offense to pit us against each other or to keep us from listening to leadership. Because here's the truth, not, not all leadership is bad. Okay, can we just say that there are some ministries that are run by some fantastic men and women of God, and they are endeavoring every single day uh, to be 
the, the best that they absolutely can be. But when you're dealing with an individual who still has hurt from people, because church hurt is really people hurt, is what you alluded to, Tracy. Mm -hmm. It's people hurt. You've been hurt by someone, they said something, it hurts your feelings. And so what the spirit of offense does is it plays on that hurt. It tap dances on that last nerve. It tap dances on that feeling that you haven't allowed God to deal with, that exposed area in you, that part of you that's bleeding. The spirit of offense tap dances on that thing. And then your emotions get to talking because let's 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 tell the truth. When you get offended, you get angry. And when you get angry, you start having angry thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. That's why the Bible says be angry and sin not because angry and, and sinful thoughts are, are going to come hand in hand. They are a package deal. That's why as believers, we have to pull ourselves back. So then the thought process becomes, oh, no, she did not. Did he just say, they must not know who I am. I can hear from God too. I'm saved too. I got the Holy Ghost just like they do. And then you better not offend one of my least ones. And then before you know it, you're now spewing word curses out of your mouth, out of anger, when in actuality, if you would have gone back and allow God to really do a deep healing in you uh, in that area where you had been hurt by a person, right? If you would have allowed him to heal that, the spirit of offense would not have had an open door to be able to come wreak havoc on your life. I think that's so important for us to begin to, to kind of stay there for a minute. Um, because the, the challenge that I have, but before I say that, I want to say this because I wrote it down. Um, when we become saved, God saves us in the condition that we are in. Mm -hmm. We do not immaculately become healed and whole and, and delivered. Mm -hmm. That is a process that happens over time. Mm -hmm. For some reason, as, as we have said, these expectations that we have, we've put them up on the figures within the church because we expect them to behave in a certain manner because mm -hmm. of the position mm -hmm. that they hold and, and mm -hmm. specifically within the black church. Mm -hmm. Um, we have put our pastors and our first ladies up on these pedestals mm -hmm. and the leadership up on these pedestals. So when they begin to act in their humanness, we get offended. Mm -hmm. Okay. But God does not expect us to be perfect. He expects us to be open, to be perfected. Absolutely. And so in the process of being perfected, there are some situations that we're going to have to deal with. Mm -hmm. There are some things that are going to happen. And so my question is, why is it that we get so surprised when we are offended inside the walls of the church and or by the people connected to the church expectation we we went in with i don't even know where it came from i don't know if somebody whispered it to us when we got saved subconsciously <laughs> because we do we come in with an expectation that okay i'm coming into a safe place they won't hurt me they're gonna love me they'll never say one thing that is going to hurt my feelings and um, majority of the time, I would say, well, I don't say majority. I just say time. There are times I say it like this that 
I believe that it's what you said um, about we're open. Like there's there's something that a door that's been opened. You know, um, right there, it's like something that a wound that's never been healed. So it's all about hearing a certain thing, seeing a certain thing. And now it's like, whoa. And so it just happened to be the location. And so we go in thinking that this is my safe place. This is a place that no matter what I, it's almost like we have this, should I say it? Yeah. Double standard. It's mm-hmm. almost like we go in like, no matter how I am, everybody's going to accept me. But let somebody flip, then I have a right to be offended. And it's like, now, wait a minute, you coming in saying, I'm coming in as I am, and I want everybody to accept me. But then that moment somebody's not perfected themselves, then all of a sudden, we all toe up, you know, and it's like... Now, how perfect are you, though, right now? You know, and I think also what happens is an exposure. And I think it's necessary, though, because you sometimes don't even know what's in you until it's exposed. I mean, there have been arguments that I've gotten into the church and with leadership. I didn't even know that was in me until the trigger happened. I I didn't even know. I was like, oh, okay, that's in me. Okay. I got to work that one out. You know, that was too easy. You know, I didn't know that they, that, that particular situation could push my button like that. Now I didn't go into the church hurt thing in my mind. I just was like, oh, this person happened to say or do something that I didn't like. And my hopes is we can get it together. And now when I have a problem is when I'm in a church or a setting of believers and the believers, we can't get it together. That's when I got a problem. I don't have a problem with the offense happening because we're going to offend one another. But I have a problem when we can't get it together. Right. Well, before I go to Atizia, I want to say this because this it, it bears saying. I don't care what phase of Christianity you are in. I don't care how saved you have been or you proclaim to be. There's always going to be one somebody who is going to, as Oticia said, tap on that last nerve. Mm-hmm. It's going to make you feel like you felt the last time you felt horrible about yourself and about life. Mm-hmm. And you are going to experience all of those emotions coming up again. And the reason that it happens is because God says it's time for you to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and if we, you know, one of the things that people know about me is that I'm, I'm transparent. I put it out there on the table. Let's talk about it. I don't want us to put any pat answers on, mm-hmm. on this. I want to talk about the real and the raw, because this is the reason why people are leaving the church in droves. Mm-hmm. This is why they they don't they're like, well, if y'all gonna treat me like this in here, I can deal with that out in the world. And, mm-hmm. and I don't even have to get up early and come to church. Mm-hmm. I don't even have to leave my house. Mm-hmm. And, and it's all about us recognizing that it's, it's kind of like a film for those individuals that um, take pictures, you know, back in the old days. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a camera that actually had film. Mm-hmm. And you would put it in there, and you know, when you had to expose a part of the reel so that you can make sure that it got on this on the rounder, so that as the pictures were taken, the 
um, exposure would go so you won't take another picture on top of that one that you've already taken. Mm -hmm. And then you close it up because it had to be in the dark. Okay. Hmm. And if it was at any time opened up to light, mm -hmm. it would destroy the picture. It mm -hmm. would distort it or completely destroy it. The spirit of offense works in the same way. It only works in darkness. Right. Once it's exposed to the light of day, it has no power. It mm -hmm. loses all of its power. And so in our conversation tonight, I really want us to get to the real and the raw because I am a church girl. I have been in church all of my, I was probably brought to church a few weeks after being born. Okay. <laughs> In my household, I got a mama that is a minister and a daddy that was a minister, okay? I was a drug child. I was drugged to Sunday school, morning worship, afternoon service, evening service, youth meeting, YPPU meeting, uh, youth choir rehearsal meeting, you know, all of that. And so I have realized in my life that the majority of the offenses that I have experienced in these 54 years has happened inside the building or with the people that's associated with the building. Why? Because that's my community of people. Now, if I spent a lot of time out in the world, then the majority of my offenses would happen with folks that I interact with in mm -hmm. the world. Mm -hmm. So I really want us to understand it. So this is how I define it. And y'all know, know I'm liable to say anything, so roll with me. So how I define it is this. If humans and the spirit of offense had a baby, it would call church hurt. Yeah. It's a product. Mm -hmm. It's not the cause and it's not the effect. It's a byproduct of bringing the two together. Mm -hmm. And we come to the church because we need deliverance. We need healing. We need Jesus. We need all of it. Mm -hmm. So we come to the church and the church represents the hospital. Mm -hmm. But in the same way, that Satan was present when the sons of God came to God in Job. Where do you think he's at on Sunday morning? Right. And if he's not there Sunday morning, one of his one of his leaders is there. They we have to understand that everybody that we encounter inside the church building is not saved. Mm -hmm. And if they are saved, they are not perfect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make sure I put that out there because we sometimes have a tendency to give pat answers. Oh, baby, well, you'll be all right. Just let mm -hmm. it roll off your back like water rolls yeah. off a duck's back. Oh, but baby, just go pray about it. Go pray. It'll be all right if you pray about it. Or you know what? You know, the word of God says, confess your sins one to another. Uh -huh. But where's my deliverance? Where's my healing? Where's my ability not to take on the spirit of offense and thereby begin being the very person that I despise? Mm 
And so we have to begin to look at that. And, and we quick to say, well, I'm just going to love you from a distance. Well, why you need to love me from a distance? Because whoever you are representing in this moment is not someone that I choose to interact with. Mm -hmm. So we need to understand the purpose behind it. So I want to jump into um, Otizia. You had a dream. You had a three-part dream. Mm -hmm. And um, you talked about it on the video. And I'll link the video to um, the show so that if people didn't get to see it, they can go and watch it. Um, but in this video, there was something that you said that I thought was so very important. Towards the end of it, you said that the people that were in the dream, that were the culprits, so to speak, in the dream, were not of the of our generation. Mm -hmm. They were an older generation. And mm -hmm. you mentioned something that the young man said. Why don't you tell the audience, because that's where we're going to springboard to, why don't you tell the audience that little scene right there so that they can keep up with us? Right. So basically you, you set the stage um, in this part of the dream. We were in a, a home, uh, a, a upper level home, and it was a lot of older people who were around. They had offended, really hurt, really abused this young lady. She was acting out and um, they were just, there was just such a spirit of arrogance in the room and um, just, they were so righteous and religious and arrogant. And, and one of the, one of the gentlemen that was in the room when I questioned like, oh my God, like how can you guys treat a person this way? Uh, the response was, well, we're just doing what we've always seen. Mm -hmm. and, and that was when it hit me in the dream, they were behaving this way because they'd watched the leaders before them behave in a similar manner. And a lot of times that's what we see happen. Um, it doesn't matter what denomination you're in. It doesn't matter what country or even part of this country you were in. A lot of times we learn, especially in church, the elders are the ones who set the standard for the younger generation. And so when the younger generation comes of age, they do what the elders have taught them to do. And so if the elders were walking in error, if the elders were saying mean things and calling it correction and love, if the elders were um, out of pocket and being disrespectful towards individuals and taking liberties that they should not have taken with, uh, with members of, of, the, of the church, then that's what the leaders coming behind them was going to do. Because we, in religion, you're not taught to seek God for yourself. In religion, you're not taught to develop a relationship, to learn how to walk out the fruit of the spirit. You're not taught how to live holy in religion. You're not taught the things that actually help you to become a better person. You're taught to walk after the religion. And it's that thing that gives way for the spirit of offense to be able to run so rampant because you just cannot be in relationship with God and allow the spirit of offense to run rampant in your life. You just can't. You can't. And I might get some heat for that. Don't inbox me because I'm not going to go back on what I said. Just <laughs> That's right. That she said what she said. Because I'm not taking it back. And here's why. Because when I get in my feelings, if somebody says something to me and I get in my feelings, when I take my happy hips before the 
He jacks me up. He corrects me. He All says, the time. Leticia, you were wrong. You heard that wrong. You yeah. heard that through the filter of your emotions. You heard that through the filter of your past experience. Now come here and let me heal you in that area so that you're not walking around in the fence. So if we're walking around in the fence, it's because we have allowed religion to rule us and not relationship. That's good. Well, very well said, sis. That's good. Oh my yes. Okay. Yes. That is so very true. Because Mm -hmm. the way that God had given it to me was I've got my armor on. Mm -hmm. And I'm all armored up and I'm ready to go out and fight. I don't realize that I got a weak spot over here. Exactly. And the enemy knows where that spot is. Mm-hmm. So guess where the enemy's going to hit me at so that mm-hmm. I am no longer a threat to his agenda. Yeah. He's going to hit me in the, in the weak spot that I, in turn, have let him know is there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because my actions and my behaviors have already let him know, okay, that's an end for me. Let mm-hmm. me go mm-hmm. in and, and be able to go in and destroy her from the inside out. Right. Because mm-hmm. that's his goal. We know he's here to kill, steal and destroy. We know that. But you, you said something, Michelle, earlier in the conversation. The reason that God allows you to have that experience is so that the thing that needs to be healed will be exposed. Yes. What we tend to do is put band-aids on top of everything. And in that with that band-aid situation, oh, I know you got a deep wound here. That needs to be cleaned out and it needs to be stitched up. But instead, we're going to put a Band-Aid on it and say, well, you know, that's my sister in Christ. And so I love you, sis. I'm just going to forgive you and keep it moving. But then you go home and you're sitting alone, letting your emotions talk and talk to you. So you didn't mean it. Mm-hmm. You, you put a Band-Aid on the wound that to be opened. It needed to be exposed so that it could dry out. Mm-hmm. You covered it up. So now the infection is growing. You mm-hmm. covered it up real cute church language mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Up with that real cute religiousness oh that's just my sister in christ i the, i know her heart i know that she didn't really mean that instead of saying hey that hurt okay and- so let me bring one to you i'm going to forgive her because if i don't forgive her god won't forgive me but in essence you've spoken the words but you haven't done the action exactly let me and tell you so how i learned I- that lesson I'm gonna tell y'all. I'm gonna tell y'all all my business. Can I tell y'all my business tonight? <laughs> Come on, tell your business, girl. Come on, do what you gotta do. Let me tell y'all how I learned that lesson. I will never forget. I know exactly where I was. I was sitting in my car, about to go into the place that I was living at the time, and I felt so far away from God. And I was just like, God, I, what's going on? I don't feel close to you. I'm praying, but it feels like you're not responding back to me. And He said to me, "You have not forgiven this person." And I was like, yes, I have. Like, we done moved on from that. What you mean? I'm still in this relationship. So clearly I must have forgiven this person. And the Lord said, no, you did not. Because all you did was push your emotions down. Mm-hmm. And you just packaging dirt and toxins and negative emotions. And you're just pushing it down and pushing it down and pushing it down. And eventually all of that stuff that you've been hiding is going to come back up to the surface. So if you and I are going to get close, sir, you have to really do the work to forgive this individual. Forgiveness holds no memory. Mm. So that whole lie, 
I'm going to forgive you, but I ain't never going to forget. That's a lie. That's just lip service. That's just words. But forgiveness is a process. And it starts with you being vulnerable enough with God to say, I want to forgive this person. Please help me to forgive this person. Help me to walk out forgiveness. And then when you do that, you free yourself so that you can also be forgiven. But you can't just put that lie, those words on top of it and say, I forgive you. But then in the back of your mind, every time they say something, you're hearing it through the. I think we froze. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, we'll wait for her to come back in. Um, I'm sure it's probably going to unfreeze in a second. But one of the things that I think is so important that she was saying is that we have all of that stuck in the back of our minds. We have all of that that junk back there. And mm -hmm. I call it the volcano experience. And you know, a volcano can lay dormant for a long time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, it'll explode. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. the same thing that happens where um, Oticia was talking about. It's the exact same thing that happens. And a lot of times we don't realize that it's happening until it happens. Right, right. I was going to say, I was going to tell my business because, you know, she started telling her business. It's the it, that same type of thing happens to me as well, where I, I am convinced I forgave somebody. But all it takes is for that situation to be talked about. And I got all those emotions right there all over again. Here's my issue. I really can forgive people. You know, I've learned that I really, really can. I have had people to really, really do some things that people have come to me on the side and say, how could you even still have a relationship with that person? Now, here's the, now I'm going to forgive. Now, when she's talking about the forgive and forget, I will, I can forget too, if you allow me to. There's a key. What I mean is if we are supposed to have a relationship and we have offended one another, however that worked out, and we come to the table, we discuss it. You say your point. I say my point. We say whatever happened and blah, blah, blah. And then we we come on back together. I don't want to hear about it no more. That's my problem. My mm -hmm. problem is when you want to keep somewhere along the line, we are repeating the thing that I thought we tabled, that we talked out, that we've come together. See, that at that point, now I'm going to look at you a little differently because I'm like, now, wait a minute. You said you forgave me. I said I forgave you or whatever. But why is it every time we discuss something or have a disagreement, somehow you go back five years on me, you go back two years on me. Well, remember when you, it's like, wait, I thought that we dealt with that. So that's where I'm at the point where I'm like, you know what? Maybe this relationship won't work because I don't do good and we're going to keep replaying it over and over and over and over again. Once we have come together, discussed it, we done laid it all out. We done cried, snotted, got mad, whatever we needed to do to make sure we were good. At least we're thinking we're good. And then Every time something you're you're triggered every time, then it's like, well, well, I don't I don't know about this. So that, that that's my where my don't forget might come in <laughs> because I'm like, now, wait a minute. I don't 
I don't know because you, you you won't let it go. And that's what I think the problem is. We got to learn that if we're saying that we have really come together, we talked it out for real, then you do, you have to let it go. I, I just had to put Edwina's comment up here because yeah. when I tell you she hit it on the nail on the head, we forget yeah. and sometimes the other person has the Panaya spirit and then torment your spirit. Yes. That is so very true. But I had, you know, we, we all in the spirit of telling our business here. Um, I remember when um, my daughter was two years old and um, she was sexually molested. And the person who orchestrated that was a family member. And of course she has no, had no memory of it. Um, I found out the day that we have to go in and talk to the detective, they confess. I'm devastated, mm -hmm. devastated. My dad and my mom sat me down in my mom and dad's kitchen. And they said to, my father said to me, looked me eye to eye. And he said, just because people do bad things does not mean that they are bad people, nor does it mean that they are useless. Mm -hmm. And so I looked at him as tears are just streaming out down my face. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he said, I want you to remember that. And I'll never forget that conversation. My mom was standing near the refrigerator. My dad was sitting in the chair next to me. And she is seconding everything that he says, but she never once opened her mouth. She gave the floor over to my dad because I was a daddy's girl. You know, whatever daddy said went. And I watched my father support that family member going to court every time they were supposed to be in court. He was even OR'd into my father's custody to make sure that he would come back to court. You know, my father was there when he was sentenced you know, when all of that. And so I had an opportunity to witness that, to see that up close. So I'm in my early 20s, very, very early 20s when this is happening. And so that has always stayed with me and is the reason why I can very easily forgive people and how I know when to pull Michelle back. I know when, I'm, when it's time for me to say, okay, I'm out. You can tap me out because I'm out now. I can't go no more with you mm -hmm. because I've given you all mm -hmm. that I can give you in the way of forgiving you, but saying as though you want to try to see how much more you can get out of me, I don't have time or the patience to play those games with you. Mm -hmm. And so I think it behooves us to begin to, to recognize one very important point. When the offense happens, and we are the ones who are emotionally responding very badly to it. Why are we having such an intense emotional response to that thing? Why are we having that? There is a reason. And the one thing that God has showed me more succinctly now than he ever has, and I mean ever in my life, is that when things show up in your life, that's because God says it's time to work on it. It's mm -hmm. time for you to put some attention to it. 
Because what he's trying to do without us recognizing it, he is literally trying to shore up that area in our lives so that we won't go through the offense. And I think that's the part that we miss. And so I had somebody ask me, well, why do I have to be offended? Oh, well, um, according to Luke 17 and one, then said he unto his disciples, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. I mean, we can go back into Isaiah and Jeremiah and find out when he put um, the Israelites, the Northern Kingdom and the Southern Kingdom into captivity, he offended them because they offended him. Mm-hmm. But he said something and, and I saw this. And of course, you know, my Bible's all the way back there. Um, He said something in um, Jeremiah. And one of the things that I have learned, if I haven't learned anything else, is that we read the Bible in parts. We don't read the whole thing. I haven't figured that out yet. I was always taught that you read whatever comes before and you read whatever comes after. You don't just read that one verse because you have to know what transpired that ended that, that caused that thing to happen. And then you have to resolve it. So you have to know the pre, the present, and the post in order for you to understand it. But in Jeremiah 29, he says something that when it blew my mind when I read it. So I don't know if it'll blow anybody else's mind because, you know, I'd be in these little spaces. So in verse number 10, he says, for thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me and ye shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place whence I have caused you to be carried away captive. So you think about it, the whole recipe, and he showed that to me last week, I want to say. And in that whole recipe, he tells us that the offenses are going to come. You're going to be offended. But don't think about it as not having a purpose. It mm-hmm. has a purpose. Because as, as I read in verse 10, he says, now I'm going to send you into captivity. I'm going to offend you because you offended me. But there's a purpose to it. Figure out what the purpose is. And I, I've, I've told um, some individuals, sit there for a minute. Just sit in that space for a minute and try to figure out why is this thing happening in my life right now? Mm-hmm. Why did I respond the way that I responded? Why did I even take what they did the way I took it? Mm-hmm. Don't try to, don't, and we do the blame, oh my God, the blame game. Well, if they hadn't done what they did, then I wouldn't have did what I did and we wouldn't be right here right now. 
So how does how does that work? Go ahead, Atisha. No, I was just gonna say it it you were talking about sitting in it. I think so often we're so quick to get to the end of the thing that we never want to go through the process, which is why we keep going around and around and around the same mountains because we won't let God process out the thing that he allowed. He doesn't send offense. He allows the offense to happen so that he can show you the area that you need to yield to him. It just goes back to Romans 8 and 28. We know that all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord with a call according to his purpose. So if all things work together for the good, that means that offense that happened when that person did something to offend me, it was coming so that something could be worked out of me so that I could have a good ending. I could have that expected end that Jeremiah 29 and 11 talks about. But if I just try to rebuke every offense, if I get into my flesh and try to blame every person and say, well, that's why I can't handle the church, folks. Seem like I got more friends outside of the church than I have in the church. Mm -hmm. That's because your mm -hmm. friends outside of the church don't challenge you to grow. So, of course, mm -hmm. you want to hang with them. They don't offend you. Good point. The offense challenges you to grow. That was mm -hmm. a good point. That was a very good point. Because I don't think that we step into the realm. You, why is it that we think Christianity is supposed to be easy? Who lied? And see, I, I, I told you somebody whispered subconsciously to us something. Somehow, when we got say somebody, you know how they tarry, you know, tarry and something. Somebody must have been saying that in our subconscious or something because we all are walking around with that fog. We are walking around with this fog of, oh, this is supposed to be this kind of life, and this is supposed to be this kind of uh walk in the park, and it's like, no. No, 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 no. And uh, we got to understand that it's okay. Guess what? It's not that deep. Really, it's okay. When it happens, deal with it. Just deal with it. Let's not take it to the next level. And then understand, why wouldn't it happen in the church? That's where it is definitely going to happen. Let's just go ahead and, and yeah. make it plain. That's really where it's supposed to happen. Because why would the enemy have it happen in the world? Everybody's going to love me in the world. Everybody's going to be my friend in the world, so to speak. Everybody, you know, but in the church, oh, everybody's got to be offensive. Everybody's got to hurt my feelings. Everybody. Now, of course, we know things happen in the world, but the way that our um, lenses, we see things, it seems like that's magnified. Thus, like I said, we could be on our jobs. That same person, same situation, we let that thing roll and be like, girl, whatever, you stupid, go on somewhere with that. Let that same thing be said in the church. For some reason, it got super magnified. But now, oh, I thought they was a believer. I thought they was, but wait, when they saved at the job too, I mean, what just happened? Where, where is it two different types of places? And what, you, so I don't know what, you know, or, I just see Holy Spirit go ahead and be dropping them nuggets. See, what I just said was it happens in a building. But no, what we do is we attack a character. Because, see, I can be on my job as a believer and be offensive. And then it's like, oh, I thought you was a minister. Well, what's that got to do with anything? Because I said something you didn't like or vice versa. Oh, I thought that you you, you were. Don't you say you go to church? What, what's that got to do with anything? Because we had a disagreement. We There were some things that we didn't see eye to eye on. What, am I supposed to always agree with you because I go to church? So 
I mean, that was my little rant right there. Again, it, it goes back to that. <laughs> it, you know, it goes back to that that spirit of offense. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Yes. So what does he do? The, the second someone says something you don't like, I thought you was a Christian. So what does the Christian now do? Nine to the ten get offended. What you trying to say? I can't tell the truth because so now we're just offending. Offending. Just back and forth. Offense, offense, offense. Because here's the thing about feelings. When you share your feelings, this is why you have to be careful about letting people vent to you. Those feelings are alive. They go out of that one person and go into another. Come and that's on. exactly what the spirit of offense does. That's why you can have, let's say you are, uh, those of you who are married, you're having a great day. Life is fantastic. Your husband come home, he in a bad mood. He say one thing, that bad mood come out of him, jump into you. And now before you know it, the whole uh, energy of the house has shifted because mm -hmm. our life. You know, the enemy must really not want her to say what she needs to say because every time she gets good in it. Right. Hold on. Come on now. She was right there. Uh-oh. I, I mean, that, okay. Attention, she okay, froze up. So we missed the part after you say it comes in the house. I think she froze again. No, she's trying to fix it. Attention. I'm here. It's storming here, but I'm just going to rebuke the enemy because every time the Lord gives me a good point, try to kick me That's off. what I just said. I, I said, said you was good. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> okay. so we you at the point where you were talking about the, the atmosphere in the house yeah. changes. Okay. So yes. Pick up there. Because what happens is those spirit, the the emotions, their spirit, they're they're alive, they're breathing, and so they go from one person into another. It's a transfer of spirits, and so if we're not careful, if we're if we're very quick to just spit that thing out, spit it right back. That's why that cycle of hurt and abuse keeps happening amongst the believers. Why? We're fellowshipping together. We're spending time together. So all these people just cycling and sharing all of the same spirits and emotions and the enemy sitting back like, oh, this is amazing. He done started a mess and now he walked away. He happy. You know what that reminds me of? Popcorn. Oh, yeah. You know how one, how you'll have all this popcorn and you'll put it in the microwave or back in the day, we put it in the um, skillet in the mm -hmm. iron skillet mm -hmm. and with a little bit of butter. So we can mm -hmm. add a butter to it, yeah, but yeah. you know, you put it in there and then you, you'll hear a lonely one pop mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you'll hear like pop, pop. And then it'll go pop, 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 pop. Mm -hmm. That's exactly how it works. Yes. And then we have to begin you know, what God spoke into my spirit is we got to call a spade a spade. Yeah. We got to call him out because one of the things that he showed me is that we have mislabeled the building. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm taking a page out of Tisia's uh, handbook. Don't inbox me because I said what I said and I mean what I'm getting ready to say. We are the church. Every believer is the church. That is a building where we congregate. Mm -hmm. That we have labeled the church. Mm -hmm. And so we have to get out of labeling this spirit of offense 
church hurt because it's people hurt. Yeah. You just hurt. Yeah. You just hurt. You just offended. This yeah. point blank. You're just offended. And it just happens to be somebody had that's supposed to be of a like mind as you. Because you're that that's the only reason why, why it's messing with you. So twisted when we get offended by other people that are believers. Because somebody exactly. subconsciously whispered in our head, in our mind, yeah. that when we got saved, that we're supposed to all float on clouds and be sweet and sing kumbaya. Somebody to put that in us. So now every time I see another believer, I'm thinking that, oh, everything's going to be great. When we all have to realize we all have different levels of issues, different levels of uh, our backgrounds are different. I hear one thing one way, you hear it another way. Why? Because of what we've been through, our experiences, how we were raised, whatever. So when we can stop, what's that, breathe? What's that sound? Some little saying, I can't even get it, like relate, relate, release, or something like that. You know, if we can just take a moment and just Pause. When you gave that example, TC, about when the husband or the wife comes in and changes the atmosphere, if the other person is already guarded up and in a in a place where they can say, "Hold on, what mm -hmm. happened? Why why are you why are you flipping? What just mm -hmm. happened? Who did something happen on your job? Did something happen? You know, you you if you are already in a good place yourself, you can start diffusing. So if somebody comes for you, you can say, "Hey, hey." What whoa, what what just happened here? What's wrong? What 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 did I say? Right. What did I do? I'm not ready to go back to back with you know, we're not ready to go swinging words. I'm one somebody needs to be able to say, Whoa, hold on. How did you hear that? You exactly. you, you heard you heard that wrong. What did you think I said? Because for some reason you you ready to like jump on me. I didn't I, I promise I did not mean it the way you heard it because the way I just said it, you ready. And so let's 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 back up a little bit and figure out: Are you just happy? Is this just not a good time for you? That mm -hmm. is this okay? Well, I'll come back later, you know. And yeah. but we gotta be somebody's gotta be okay in the situation. We can't all walk around just jacked up and hurt trying to trying to deal with situations with each other. So oh. somebody's gotta start getting healed here for real. On. One of the things, and and I think it's imperative that we we cover this, is that healing is possible. Yes. But it's like Oticia said, it's a process. Mm -hmm. You didn't get in the shape you in overnight, mm -hmm. and it's going to be longer than overnight for you to step into your healing. Okay. So in the Bible, nowhere in the Bible did Jesus say you heal. Not like we do in church where we smack you on the forehead and say heal. Mm -hmm. Jesus never did that. He has always said your faith has made you whole. Mm -hmm. So it's not all he did was match up to your faith and provide the, the wholeness that you need. We need to stop believing that we need to be healed of stuff and we need to become whole. Because what God does is when he takes us through our process of healing, mm -hmm. he therein not only deals with the issue that brought the attention to us, mm -hmm. that it needs to be worked on. But then he works on our mental, our emotional, our spiritual, and our physical to mm -hmm. make sure that everything within us is shored up mm -hmm. so that the enemy will not be able to come at us like that again. 
Matter of fact, we'll be so short up that the enemy will not have a way to get in because mm-hmm. he's made us whole. Mm-hmm. And we have got to stop thinking that, okay, I'll say it this way. Have you ever had a really deep cut? And you know how you get that first scab over the top of it? Mm-hmm. And some of us like me, when I was a kid, would pick that scab off and you see the white meat because it mm-hmm. didn't get fully healed. Mm-hmm. And so now I really got a scar because I didn't let it. That is exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. Because we we stop the process midstream. Mm-hmm. 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 We healed, but we haven't received our wholeness. Mm-hmm. He hasn't positioned us where we need to be in order to have and to experience the things that God wants us to have. We're not to carry these experiences with us. No. We're only supposed to get the lessons learned, the tools developed and the abilities honed that we are to take into our next. Mm-hmm. The experience in and of itself, those negative emotions and all of that stuff is supposed to be cast to the feet of Jesus and yep. you can remove it. Yes, mm-hmm. I have a prayer so, that I pray. And that my prayer is always when I go through something painful, my prayer is help me to remember the lesson and forget the pain. I don't want to have the memory of because it's the memory that torments you. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the memory that creates a, a, a new false reality for you. And then you sit there and you're replaying the way that you heard something. I'll never forget this. My brother passed away on um, November 2nd and the phone call that I got that telling me that he had passed, the person was very upset and they were screaming and yelling and it was, it was traumatic. And I literally hung up the phone and I said, God, please help me forget. Those were the first words out of my mouth because I knew that if I was gonna get through the mourning process, I was not gonna be able to replay that traumatic moment. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to remember every experience comes with a lesson a lesson that comes to help you get to your your place of wholeness. But you have to be willing to release the things that tether you to the pain. See, mm-hmm. some of us are so comfortable hurting. Hurt is so familiar. Dysfunction, toxic relationships are so familiar. We mm-hmm. hold on to those things. When God is mm-hmm. like, stop tethering yourself to that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, stop constantly mm-hmm. allowing your your mind to play tricks on you. Stop letting the enemy throw those negative thoughts at you all the time. And instead, let's think about the lesson. Let's think about how this thing made you better. Let's look at how you grew as a result of that. Let's look at how I stepped up and I provided and I protected you in spite of what you were going through. It's impossible to remain in the spirit of offense when you're thinking about how good God is. You can't oh, yeah. and meditate yeah. on the Lord at the same time. Hold on. Isn't that why God tells us that we are to meditate on his word day and night? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because he knows that if we are meditating on his word and we're meditating on the goodness that God has brought into our life and how he has been a blessing to us, then everything else just kind of goes away. Yeah. We, we don't have the capacity to bring that close. And so one of the one of the ways that I explain what Otizia said is I am a huge sci-fi person. I love sci-fi. And specifically, I love vampire and werewolf movies. And I know for those spiritual folk, 
Ain't nothing spiritual about it. But if you listen to what I'm saying, you'll understand. So in um, vampire movies, you know, they can't be up during the day. So they sleep during the day and they're up all night. But they have to have protection during the day. So they have in humans that have not been turned that protect them and that serve them during the day. And they're called familiars. And those familiars provide for them and, and give a sense of protection and a, a sense of companionship and, mm -hmm. and all of that while they are sleeping. And that's what those false emotions do mm, for us. That's good. Come on. They give us a sense of protection because we know that they're always going to accept us. They, mm -hmm. We know that they're always going to be there to comfort us. And so we step into those realms and we become content in that space. Mm -hmm. Because if I move to the other space, then God's requiring me to grow. If I stay over here, then I can wrap these feelings up and, and me and them feelings can sit down and watch a couple of uh, Lifetime movies, mm -hmm. get a few tears and, and laugh a few times at some comedies, but that's not requiring anything of me. Matter right. of fact, mm -hmm. they're okay with me staying just like I am. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. we've got to stop that. Mm -hmm. A part of Christianity is growth. Mm -hmm. you, you're not supposed to be the same person you were yesterday. You're not even supposed to be the same person you were five minutes ago. Mm -hmm. Because every opportunity you have to learn something new about yourself and how God is operating in your life is an opportunity for you to be able to overcome any situation that may come your way mm -hmm. without you spouting off embarrassing yourself and anybody else. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you got to forget yourself. Absolutely. Because we all screw up. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We Too many times, a lot of it, what's what I was saying is a lot of times what's so sad is that when you've never experienced wholeness, you don't even know that what it's like. It's so like you've yeah. already said, you, you both have just said it. I'm used to this. I, I, my, me and my lifetime movie, my drink, my chips, we mm -hmm. good. Because that's what I know pain. I, mm -hmm. I, I know how pain operates. I know how to relate to pain. I know how to maneuver in pain. Yes. I know what to expect now. of pain. I know how to, you know, I, can, I know how to lessen pain. I know mm -hmm. how to, you know, I know how to, you know, hey, I got this. Like we say, you know, I know how to control my demon. I don't have to cast him out. I got him in check. You know, I've heard people say that. I can check my demon. Hey, not today, tomorrow. Okay. All right. And that's how we do with this. And so a lot of us haven't gotten to that place where we know what wholeness is. It's almost like if you've never made a million dollars and then lost it, then you don't know what it's like. You know, you don't know that experience. So mm -hmm. if you ever made a million and lost it, you're not tripping because you mm -hmm. know how to get back to it again. Mm -hmm. But if I ever experienced wholeness in my life in any area, financial wholeness, um, uh, healing, you know, my body, my, if, if there's just no, if, if it's, if I seem like everywhere I look, there's brokenness, every there's pieces. I'm always living off of pieces, man. That's all I know how to do is live off of pieces, just peace over here, a piece over there, peace, 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 but, but not the kind of peace we talking about. <laughs> We're talking about 
things that are broken and we try to survive only off of brokenness. There's a time for that because sometimes I, I could preach as a whole message that I preached about, about surviving off of broken pieces. But there's only a time, a limited time that you have to do that. It's to get you somewhere, though. It's not mm -hmm. for you to stay there. If I'm surviving on broken pieces, that's not for my whole life. That was just for that moment to get me to the shore. That was to get me to the place where then I could get my nourishment, where I could get my wholeness. I could mm -hmm. get my family. But if I'm always thinking my life is about broken pieces, that's what I'm going to live, a life yeah. of broken pieces. And when y'all talk about wholeness, everybody goes, wholeness, wholeness. Man, my whole life has been broke. Wow. Why should I expect that now? That's, that's real talk. talk. Because we, we have to realize, and, and I wanted to show Edwina's um, comment, Growing Spiritually is not a 30-minute sitcom. It's Come a on. book of chapters. Because yes, mm -hmm. we always want everything instant. Ever since they came yes. up with the microwave, we microwave. want everything microwave. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. not how God works. And that's why we got to mm -hmm. sit in that thing for a little bit. We've got yeah. to marinate. You know, back in the day, before we had all these newfangled air fryers and all that kind of stuff, we would marinate our meat because mm -hmm. there was a specific seasoning or taste that we wanted to it. And so sometimes we would have to marinate it overnight mm -hmm. in the refrigerator for us to get what we want. Mm -hmm. That taste. And, and that's what we have to do sometimes with these situations. Sit in it. And this is what God said. And I mean, he got me so excited when he said this. He said, sit in it, marinate a little bit. Because as you marinate, it's going to tell you all its secrets. Come on. It's going to tell you its purpose. It's going to tell you all its lies and all of its truth. It's going to give you all the information that you need in order to step into your wholeness and not just be healed. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. sit in it for a little bit mm -hmm. instead of running from it. That's good then you 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 get what you need and then you're able to let it go. We we want to put these pat answers on stuff and and we want to put these band-aids on stuff and we want to rip the top scab off when the the whole thing ain't healed yet and you know sometimes we peel the scab off and you have that little pink center. Mm -hmm. Meaning that if you would have went a little bit deeper it would have been bleeding. And mm -hmm. but we do that we, we have to begin to understand just what the word of God says. Physician, heal thyself. You've got everything that you need in order to be healed and whole. Mm -hmm. You've got it. The word of God in Colossians 2 and 10, it says that you are complete in him. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if you are complete in him, the verse before that says, the Godhead bodily exists within you. Mm -hmm. So if you've got the Holy Spirit in you, that means you've got the Holy Spirit. You've got God, the father and God, the son. You've got them dwelling on the inside of you to be able to lead and guide you into all truth, mm -hmm. but also to direct your path so that you know which direction to go in. And even when you come to a fork in a road, tell you which way not to go. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we have to begin to build that up. How, how do we get from church hurt and the spirit of offense to healing? You got to go through your process. Everybody's mm -hmm. process is going to be different. It's going to look different, but the end result is going to be the same. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. if, if I wanted to, if 
I wasn't the woman that I am today, I probably would not darken another church's doorstep. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Yeah. Mm -mm. You know, so I have chosen to follow Christ. But the word of God told me that I'm only to follow man as he follows Christ. Right. And so if you're not leading me to Christ, then that means I'm the blind leading the blind and we both mm -hmm. gonna fall into a ditch. Mm -hmm. Right. So right. I'm gonna you turn and go back to Christ and, and let's do this again, Jesus, and let's let's build this up. Because mm -hmm. I think it's important for us to begin to understand is that you don't have to choose to be offended. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's because good. Because at the end of the day, it's a choice. That's and that's right. good news. And see, I like to always tell people, you know what? That's some good news. And people are like, huh? That's good news that you don't, that you have choices. Yes. That's where it starts. That's why I get excited. They were like, girl, you, you nuts. I'm like, no, really. When I get chastised by the Holy Spirit, that's good news because that means I'm not lost. I'm not a lost cause. That right. means so I, I can hear. That mm -hmm. means I'm available for training. I'm available for teaching. I'm available for correcting. Oh my, I get excited. After I done got mad, I get excited, you know, because I'm like, oh my gosh, you didn't forget about me, Lord. Right. Oh my gosh, you love me so much that you send people alongside me that will help me. This is what we're, we're coaching people now. We're called, mm -hmm. we just became, uh, we call a spirit of offense coaches. Right here, right now. I didn't know y'all just got titled. You've been titled. So we are going to help deliver people from being offended and to help them to not be church, quote, quote, hurt. We're going to show them. And so that was another thing. That's why I said it's good news because he also, if you say, you know what, I got all the tools in me. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Help me develop them. And that's where he sends people that have went through maybe more than you have that got experiences because sometimes you're like why me lord why do i gotta go through all that and but you came through it so let's let's start there you went through right. it you came through it you're stronger you're better you're wiser you're all those things now take those experiences and lead someone else we're coaches in our own rights whether it's um authors whether it's business whether it's whatever entrepreneur whatever it is Take those experiences and you help someone else to because you can see what's already in them. You're telling them, you got the tools. It's already in you. Now, let me help you by my experiences. Let me mm -hmm. tell you my journey. Let mm -hmm. me tell you my testimony. Now, I'm not saying that it's going to work the same way, but you might, you should be able to pull some nuggets to mm -hmm. say, oh, okay. Oh, you was hurt like that? Oh, okay. I, I, okay. I can, okay. If you can go through that, I know I can get through this. That's good. I think we we have to give ourselves permission to do that. You know, we do not. It goes back to the comment that was made about religion. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about relationship. Yeah, and, and it it means that I'm operating in the relationship that I have with Christ. So, if if I am a Christian. Um, that's what I call myself. I'm a Christian. Um, that means that I am a follower of Christ. So as a follower of Christ, there's benefits and requirements mm -hmm. to that relationship. One of them is communication. Mm -hmm. Okay. That back and forth communication. And, and for, for some of us, we call it prayer. Yeah. And 
we have a two-way connection to where we pray and he answers or sometimes he speaks and we listen okay so in the building of that relationship just like the building with any human relationship there are going to come some times when you're not going to do what you're told to do <laughs> yeah there's going to be some times when you don't want to do certain things so guess what you're not going to do mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean he loves us any less right it means this is another area we have to work in so in being christians there's two main um commandments that that jesus says everything else is built upon the first commandment is that we love him with everything that we are we have we ever hope to be the second one is to love our neighbor as ourselves so if i am to love my neighbor as i love myself when I offend you, that means I'm not thinking too much about me. When I say something bad to you about you, I am regurgitating how I really feel about me. Very true. And so we have to begin to understand that it's not okay for hurt people to hurt people. Mm -hmm. It's not okay for um, church leaders to know that the spirit of offense is running rampant throughout the building and do nothing about it mm -hmm. it's not okay but what is okay is for us to seek god and say okay god this is what's going on in this building what am i supposed to do how am i supposed to behave myself yes mm -hmm. how am i supposed to be a light in the midst mm -hmm. of the darkness that's going on mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. we assume that this is not happening because mm -hmm. if it was not happening i would not be doing a whole show or a series yeah. on it okay <laughs> i have been told that the that the church organism is experiencing a civil war and so anyone that knows anything about civil war civil wars are the people come up against each other it's mm -hmm. not from without it's from within that's mm -hmm. where civil wars are mm -hmm. and so what is happening is everybody thinks that they have the truth that they have the whole truth mm -hmm. and so they are speaking against other denominations they're speaking against the traditions of man and they're arguing about man's traditions and doctrines and they've left god out of the equation and as a result, the spirit of offense is running rampant. Yes. And, and he's a, even brought his friend with him. He got his brother, his brethren's with him. The spirit of manipulation. They go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And so we have to begin to start dealing with this such as it is. Because mm -hmm. although we know offenses will come, it does not mean that we have to be the perpetrator. Mm -hmm. Right. That's good. That's good. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and if you are the perpetrator, fix it. That, that's it's like, and if you fix find it. yourself there, just fix it. Because most of the time, or I don't, I don't like using that word most of, but there are times that we can offend someone and really didn't know it. It, it was just because their filter, the way they heard it. It literally is that. I mean, we could say it in the most um godliest way that we know how honestly and it was just simply because they just heard it that way 
and now they're offended. And so quickly get it right. Quickly yeah. get it together. Don't sit there and have and be arrogant and say, well, oh, I'm sorry you heard it that way. Now it's like, no, come on. Now, wait a minute. That's not how we deal with that. It's like if they heard it that way, be sympathetic to uh, or compassionate about how they heard it, you know, even if you like, I, you know, you could be in your mind like, I did not mean that that way. That doesn't matter for them. And I, man, over the years of since 2000 and I want to say 13, I have mentored women. Oh my gosh. I don't know how many. And I have dealt with having to be a mediator of offenses within groups. You know, my, my core group of women that you know, that um, have been on my team and having to always come in the middle. And I'm like, now what you mad about? And well, they said so-and-so. And I was like, okay, well, let me replay this the way that you heard it, because here's how it goes. And then the other person, well, I didn't say it like that, it? you know? And so it's all about, okay, let's come. Now, can you see why she felt that way? Can you see why that, you know, now listen, when we can sympathize and say, okay, well, if, if you're used to that, then I can see why when I said it this way, it rubbed you that way. But that's not how I meant it, because in my environment, we can say things like this and we joke and what, or whatever the case may be. And we don't went on. But in your environment, that means something way deeper, you know. And mm -hmm. so we got to learn to be it could be some things that we just say, just let's be real. We think that was stupid for you to be offended about. We There are times we know good and well we think it at. Yeah. But. That ain't the time to be to, to tell that person that because they are really hurting or they're really feeling yeah. a, some type of way. And if they and if you value them in any way or you value them growing, you're going to say, you know what? It ain't that deep. I could come down and be like, what's wrong? I did not mean that. Let's get this right. Now, if they just don't want to, then, hey, can't, like we already said, hey, listen, we're not we're not doing all that extra back and forth. But. Let's actually, as if you are a believer, let's come on, let's use that armor. Let's act, let's, let's literally act like what we say we are. Right. I, I, a thought came while you were talking, and um, this is going to bring a little humor into the conversation. So my father, when I was growing up, my mother, I guess I had to have been in middle school. My mom had had the living room um, recarpeted. Mm -hmm. And this is when shag carpet was first coming out. And so, you know, when you when you uh, vacuum shag carpet, you have to vacuum it in the same direction or you'll get those lines in the carpet. And my mother could not stand those lines that did something to her whole entire sensibilities. I mean, just could not stand them. And so whenever my father, I would say whenever my father got peeved at something my mother said, he would go and sweep the, the living room carpet and he never could sweep it right. So there would be lines. So then he would take the straw broom and try to sweep the lines out and he would leave some of the straw in the carpet. And so when mom would come home and she would see the condition of her carpet, you could tell she was upset because my mom's really light. So, you know, you'd see that that red start inching up her neck, but she wouldn't let it get past her neck. Mm. So she would just, she would not mumble under her breath. She wouldn't say nothing, <laughs> no nothing. She'd just go 
take her clothes off, put her house robe on, and then she would go get the sweeper and politely go and sweep the carpet the way she wanted it swept. And that would irritate my father even more because he was really trying to get a rise out of her and she knew it. So she chose not to give in. Mm -hmm. And so whenever it would happen, I would just sit back and chuckle because I don't <laughs> even think my father knew that I knew what was going on. And so we have to be like my mother. Yeah, you might get upset, you might get angry, but remember that life and death is in the power of your tongue. Mm -hmm. And when you speak out of anger, you say things that you cannot take back. And sometimes those words that you say are very offensive in nature. And so I'm going to read this quote one more time. Offense is like an automatic weapon. Once you pull the trigger, it keeps firing. Because that's one, there's two things that they say that you can't take back a bullet and words that have already been spoken. Mm -hmm. And so we have to think about that because we have to realize that sometimes it'll be held to our charge if, if we're not careful. And mm -hmm. so I used to get tickled and I would just sit there and I would, I, you better not laugh because then you're going to be in a whole world of trouble because you're in there laughing. Because then I'd be like, what are you laughing at? Nothing. But it, it's one of those things that I think is, is very, very important. So I think that we threw out a very good introductory into church hurt. What do you think, ladies? Absolutely. Absolutely. This was rich. Mm -hmm. Okay. So next month, we're going to come back again. And we're really going to delve into the tips and the tools that we can utilize when we are the offender and when we are the offendee. Because sometimes we don't realize that we have created a scenario to where individuals are being offended by the things that are going on in our lives and the words that are coming out of our mouth. And so I think that it'll be a really, so I challenge you um, go into the 17th chapter of Luke and begin reading verses one through four. There is a wealth of information in there and begin to look at your own life. Now, let me, let me, let me clue you into something. So I'm going to tell y'all a secret. So I want to make sure y'all listen. I'm going to tell you a secret because now that you've been exposed to the truth, you're going to have to use it because the enemy is not going to allow you to get away with just knowing his secrets, okay? So expect it, because it's coming. And just like it says, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. Mm -hmm. So expect it. And then think about it before you react, sit back for a minute. Meditate on the word of God and his goodness. Marinate in the midst of that thing and do your self-work before you open your mouth and destroy the heart and the life of another individual because you have been offended. Mm -hmm. Because then God will hold that life to your charge. And that's not what we ever want to happen. So any last words, ladies? 
this was awesome. Um, this was really is necessary, needed, obviously. Um, and I just pray that as we continue to go on, that the hearts and minds of people are truly, truly open to be delivered. That's the key. It's like we want to make sure we because we could talk about topics over and over again. People can just talk about it, but we want to make sure that hearts and minds are open. So that's the prayer is like, Lord, make sure, send those, let those view and listen that really, really are in need of this because he wouldn't put it out there if it, you know, especially if we're going to give tools, because a lot of times people are preach one, one message on it. And then they're like, you open me up. Now what? And that's not what the mission is here. It's not to just open you up and then say, now you're like, now what? I'm all open. I'm all exposed. Okay. I said, I'm, I'm a part of that group. Now what? And it's like, no. So because tools will be given, because all of that is going to happen, I just pray that people really take advantage because it's time. It's time. It's time for the body to unify, to come together and to do kingdom business and stop sitting around being offended. Absolutely. I concur. And I think, Michelle, you said a mouthful when you said now that you've been exposed to this, this teaching, you know, expect to be tried in this area. So the best thing that we can do is try to put some some um, practices in place so that when something is said that rubs you the wrong way, whether it's you taking a moment before you respond, you know, whatever your particular system may be, but expect it as it talks about in the scripture and then put something in place so that you do not become the perpetrator. Amen. And, and that's so, so very true. We have to, because as you begin to do this journey towards wholeness, there are areas that will begin to be shore up in your life. And so as those healings take place in those various areas of your life, as you're becoming a whole individual in Christ Jesus, you have to realize that if you don't replace those things that you dismissed out of your life with more of the word of God and a deeper, closer walk with Jesus Christ, you're going to have some issues because what's going to happen is all that stuff that you swept out, they're going to come back and they're going to bring their twin brother and sister, their cousin and and the, and the people around the corner and them, all of them is coming back and you're going to be worse off than you were before. Mm -hmm. So it would be to your best advantage. Always, whenever anybody offends you or says something to you you don't like, what I've learned to do is to shut my mouth for about 10 to 15 seconds. And I would literally count it down in my head because I'm a quick retort. I, I got a quick tongue. And so I have to, and that's how I can, as as they said on ba Bad Boys, that's how I can woosah. I got I to <laughs> hold it. You know, because if it don't taste good in my mouth, it's not going to sound good when it comes out of it. And it gives you an opportunity to rethink what it is that you're going to say and show love instead of hurt. That's what the whole world needs. As the song says, love, more love. That's what we need. So this has been another fantastic show. I am so excited that we had an opportunity to come together. I will make sure that I post um, the link to the video that Oticia was talking about. I think that it bears um, watching and listening to because there's some very key elements in there 
that any person that has been in church any amount of time, you're going to be able to see people that you have encountered and you might even see yourself in the midst of that story. So thank you again, ladies. This has been awesome. This has been another fantastic podcast show. And so we look forward to seeing you again next week. Make sure that as you are taking care of you or taking care of other people, as you are celebrating Black History Month, as you are recognizing the sheroes and the heroes that are African-American, remember that the most important person in your life is you. Show yourself some love, give yourself some grace, and then go on about the business of living your best life now. So this is your girl, Michelle, with Girls Talk Real Talk, because when girls talk, just about anything can happen. So we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.